I'm Michael Ashcroft, the founder of Lord Ashcroft Polls, and this is the Ashcroft in America podcast. America is preparing to vote in a crucial set of midterm elections that could shift the balance of power in Washington. And once again, the Lord Ashcroft Polls team is traveling the country to hear what voters are thinking in their own words. This week, New Hampshire, a state with an unusual influence on the party's choice of presidential candidates. And New Jersey, where the Democrats are hoping to gain crucial district that could help them take control of Congress. We'll hear what the voters have to say as they weigh up their decision. Hello, I'm Kevin Colwick, the director of Lord Ashcroft Polls, back on the campaign trail with my co-host and good pal, Elise Jordan. How are you doing, Elise? Kevin, I'm better now that my British friends are back across from the pond and ready to start. I'm excited to be back on the road again. We are doing a coast-to-coast tour, and we're going to some of the places that are going to decide who controls Congress after the midterm elections. So the House and the Senate now controlled by Republicans, but to take control of the House of Representatives, Democrats have to gain just 24 of the 435 seats that are up for grab. And so one thing that makes life really difficult for the GOP is that they currently hold 25 districts that backed Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump two years ago. On the other hand, there are 11 Republican districts that went from Obama to Trump in 2016 and five Democratic districts that also switched to Trump. So it's going to be a fascinating contest. What do you think we should be listening out for as we talk to voters around the country? As we go around talking to different voters, here are three big factors that I'm looking out for. Number one, is there a Brett Kavanaugh effect and which side is more passionate in their fervor about how the confirmation hearings went down? Number two, are are college-educated women actually fleeing the Republican Party? Is there a political realignment happening? Three, how much of a factor is Donald Trump in the decision of midterm voters? Well, this week we've been to two places that we hope will tell us something about the way politics in this country is going. Manchester, New Hampshire was the first one where we spoke to primary voters from both parties about where they want to see things heading. Then we went to Morristown, New Jersey, the 11th Congressional District. One of the Republican seats Democrats are hoping to pick up next month, and we heard from independent voters and voters who had only reluctantly voted for Donald Trump two years ago. You need to keep listening so you can hear directly from those voters we heard from in New Hampshire and New Jersey. And thanks for tuning in. Those who hadn't voted for Donald Trump had no shortage of criticisms to make and thought things were going from bad to worse. If there was no love for the president, there wasn't much more for his voters. There's no one thing that stands out. It's just sort of a continuing circus. There's just a din. There's always something. Obviously, the president taking time to meet with Kanye versus other more important things that could have been brought to the table. But, but it's always a distraction. There'll be some, he'll do something like that. And by the way, this is going on, but we're not paying attention. It's actually worse than I thought it would be. Me too. I thought it would be bad, but it's actually worse. I thought, well, maybe he'll pull it together. I don't feel like there's a mature adult in that you position. You can think if you get in there and realize the severity of where he and was. Rise and rise to the occasion. And, and just grow up. Put yeah. your big boy pants on and grow right. up. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he's still in that building block preschool. What was that bumper sticker I saw? Elect a clown, expect the circus. And well, that's that. exactly what's happened. You've got this guy distracting everybody, so the news exactly. is focusing on his antics and instead of the real news that's out there. So we're not as informed as we have been. You kind of get used to it and you get outraged to something else and you kind of get used to it. And, and I'm, I'm, I get worried that 
you know, the whole shock value is just going to we're going to start to become numb to some of these things. So I worry that this idea of normal is going to is going to be different. I think he's very childish and petty, and um, I think it takes his focus off of what he should be doing. And he also comes off as obviously, like you said, he hasn't been groomed in politics. No, he's a businessman, but he comes off so ignorant of issues and how to deal with, you know, the our international leaders. I think that he's alienating alienating our country. I'll throw my family under the bus. I I hate to sound horrible, but I think the ones that support him just don't get it and, and don't care. I think they're all very close minded and he could do anything. As he said to the press, he could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and get away with it. As we found before, most of those who voted for Donald Trump, even with reservations, were happy with what they'd seen so far. Even so, many said they consciously separated the things he was doing as president from the way he behaved while he was doing them. They especially liked the performance of the economy, what they saw as his international successes, and his nomination to the Supreme Court. Don't worry, we'll come back to that. I don't think I care for him as a, a human being, mm-hmm. um, but I do appreciate what he's done. Um, and I would have to say, in the upcoming election, I would vote for him. I personally compartmentalize it. I don't necessarily agree with uh, his personality traits and some of the way he presents himself, but he's getting the job done on a lot of fronts that are affecting America and Americans as a whole for the better. So compartmentalizing that I don't necessarily agree with the way he presents himself in some ways, but he's getting the job done, so let's keep going forward. Well, look at, I, I don't like maybe the way he does things, but the results with North Korea, for instance, getting um, hostages from North Korea was great. He's done more, unfortunately, internationally than Obama did in eight years. Well, I think the tax cut was a big factor. Um, you know, nominating two people to the uh, Supreme Court is a definite achievement, as well as uh, reducing some of the regulations on uh the environmental issues that really affected some of our businesses uh, in order to provide more jobs and and relieving some of those restrictions uh, gave uh, a lot of uh, employers availability to uh, create more jobs. I think he's doing a great job. I just wish he would do a little more with the health insurance in the country, people with health insurance. The economy has been good. Uh, so can't complain there. Stock market's up. Unemployment's the lowest it's been. Uh, but I kind of wish that there was less drama. Uh, like I knew there was going to be some drama with, you know, name calling, things like that. I just wish there was less of it. Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court battle was at the front of everyone's mind. And there were strong feelings on both sides. Yet even among the Democrats we spoke to, it was by no means unanimous that the allegations leveled against Kavanaugh should have been allowed to derail his confirmation. We're seeing a lot of the Me Too movement, rightfully so. We have Trump on tape talking about awful things that somehow he just steamrolled right through, which would have sunk any other candidate. Now, in this particular situation, how they could or could not prove Kavanaugh did or did not assault someone 30 years ago, I I don't know how they could. So if you're left with two choices, do you not nominate him? Because in the absence of proof, in which case it's going to open up accusations for any candidate ever, every single time. 
men are more energized because they feel that they can get away with more. It's the way that Trump talks about it and was praising Kavanaugh so intensely. And I just feel that more victims are going to stay closeted because they are now terrified to have this voice because it was on a national stage. I don't support Judge Kavanaugh, and I believe he should not have been confirmed, but not because of all of these allegations. And unfortunately, while I believe he did what he did, the lack of evidence, I think, suggests that probably he needs the benefit of the doubt. On the Republican side, there was some sympathy with Dr. Ford, the woman who'd made the allegations. But the universal view was that the fight had been nothing to do with Kavanaugh's suitability for the job, but was about rural politics. I listened to her and I believed her. Something happened to her that was very traumatic. And I listened to him and I believed him. And when it came down to for me, and I think it was that they didn't, they couldn't prove anything. Um, you know, should this man's life be, well, it already was affected, but I felt like they couldn't just, they couldn't approve anything. That's how I would want my husband to act. Like when you said about his anger, that's how I would expect my husband to act if that happened to him. I would expect him to stand up there and scream for us and bang the table and cry for his family. That's what I would want my husband to do. Maybe something did or didn't happen, but I think they crossed the line and just yeah. pushed mm -hmm. further than they should have. The scary thing about it was on the political infighting between families and friends and who's a Democrat. Was, I saw like reasonable Democrats in my family suddenly say, you don't have to be proven guilty. Yeah, that's like what suddenly is. say, yeah. no, he's guilty and now he has to prove his innocence. Oh, and like, oh, these are smart people. Funny. And I saw that across the board on that side. That, that's a little scary. I bartended right. for 18 years. I was assaulted on a daily. Did I feel the need to ruin every man's life that tried to like cup my butt or <laughs> I, I was put in many, many uncomfortable situations. I was not going to ruin someone when I saw that he was going to be, you know, in the Supreme Court or president or anything like that. So all the girls were like, what if it was you? I'm like, it was me on a daily. I mean, I used to be 20 pounds lighter and no children running around in high heels and a mini skirt. Give me a break. It's It was ridiculous. It is innocent until proven guilty. I'm sorry. When it came to the midterm elections, several Republicans said the Kavanaugh issue had made them more determined to get out and vote when they might not otherwise have bothered. The fact that control of Congress hung in the balance also helped concentrate minds. I think more people are going to vote in the midterms. I hear, I mean, mm -hmm. I hear people saying, oh man, I really screwed up. I didn't vote last time. I'm voting now. I think we go back to the Kavanaugh, the whole Kavanaugh situation. Like me, I'll vote red right down the line now because I don't want to lose any seats. I probably wouldn't have gone out and voted in the midterm had it hadn't been for the whole Kavanaugh thing. Now I'll make sure I go out and vote. Yeah, if it's seemingly going to be close and I really feel that, you know, everybody's vote is going to count, that would get definitely get me out there. I think everybody who believed her or thought whatever were already, like I think they were already energized and ready to go on the other side. I don't think they got any more people because I think they were at their top of energy. And I think what it did on the red side is took people who don't like Trump and people who do like Trump, who would never come together before and came together because of a, a due process, like literal, like American thing. 
because I've talked to some people who weren't Trump people and didn't like Trump, but are energized by this happening. If the Democrats took control of the House, do you think anything would change? I think stuff yeah. wouldn't get done as easily. Yeah. I think it would just be mm-hmm. more and more fighting and more and more bickering and more disruption. Yeah. So the more that they fight, the less Trump will get accomplished in the four years he's got. You know, so if you get a couple others in there that are similar-minded, there's a higher chance that more stuff will get actually accomplished, good or bad. We're no longer Democrat and we're no longer Republican. We are socialism yes. against conservatism. They're really mm-hmm. moving towards socialism, and it's very—it's not Clinton Democrat. It's not John F. Kennedy Democrat. It's scary. It's yeah. scary Democrat. In the event of a Democratic takeover of Congress, the Republicans we spoke to thought impeachment proceedings against the president were more likely than our Democrat voters themselves did. Well, now the new thing is the impeachment. Now they want it. I think it's the hope of bringing Democrats to the polls if they can impeach Trump. And that's making it's actually backfiring because I think it's making the Republicans even angrier that now we're like, what? (laughs) Like we didn't like Obama, but we didn't try to Mm -hmm. impeach him for anything. What about the idea of trying to impeach him? No, I think that ship's out. <laughs> I would like to see increased investigation, you know, maybe subpoena his tax records or, or other powers of inquiry would be exercised. That would be nice, but I don't think impeaching is practical or even a good idea. What do you trade Trump for Pence? I mean, trade casual, trade, trade in, incidental evil for deliberate evil. Pence is scarier than Trump. I think so, too. I agree. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to try to impeach him because Pence is worse. They're going to let him finish his term. I don't think they're going to impeach Trump because he actually knows what he's talking about. And Pence is worse. Me personally, I think that's worse. Looking forward to 2020, a few of our New Hampshire Republicans said they might vote for a challenger in the primary, though there was certainly no yearning to get rid of the president. For the Democrats, the field felt wide open. I think there are candidates that may, uh, might align with my view a little bit more, but I don't. I remember what happened with Ross Perot, and I don't want that to cost us the White House. So I will be lockstep and and vote with Trump again, because I like I said, I just, I I don't want any divisiveness. We've got enough already. Um, I wouldn't want to split the party. I have no clue. I mean, I like Elizabeth Warren, but I'm not quite sure that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, she's got as many haters as Hillary. Yeah, exactly. She's intelligent. She has really high integrity. I mean, she she doesn't come at it from a... She was a university professor. I mean, she her whole thing, spearheading the Consumer Protection Bureau, I mean, she's, she's, an, she's an idealist. She's an intelligent idealist. I think the whole reason that... Trump won was that people felt that he was representing them, that there was somebody in the White House, if he won, that actually thought the way they did or spoke the way they did. And I think the Democratic Party needs to realize that people did not want business as usual. I wish Joe Biden would decide that he was willing to do this. I think he's a person of integrity, and I think he's somebody who would be respected around the world. And God knows, at this point, we We need them to not look at us and say, look what they've got. My personal opinion is if they wanted a a woman president, they would have to have a more moderate Democratic position. 
I'd say claim all the ground that the Republicans have left. I mean, the Republicans have been charging towards the hard right and purging their own members. Claim the center, claim the left, claim everything the Republicans have abandoned. I also heard that I think Michael Michael Bloomberg went from independent to Democrat, and he I don't know if he will, but I, I feel like him by him doing that, there's a possibility because there was rumors about it in the last election that he might do it. So that would be a, an, an interesting candidate, I think. So now is the part of the podcast where Kevin and I are going to take a 20,000-foot view and think about what we just heard. Kevin, I'll let you start. What were your big takeaways from the groups in New Hampshire and New Jersey in week one of Ashcroft in America? Something that I found a bit surprising was when we were talking about Kavanaugh, Given the tenor and the rancor of the debate over the last few weeks in the media and in politics, I thought the level of discussion was a bit more civilised than I would have expected. I think there was more measured approach on both sides. You heard even Democrats saying, I didn't want it to be confirmed, but you really can't refuse to give someone a job on the basis of an unproven allegation. And you had Republicans, even though they felt very strongly that the confirmation was right, also having some sympathy with Dr. Ford and not laying into her in the way the president had done. It actually surprised me in a very heartening way, the way the Kavanaugh hearings were discussed by people, by voters, versus the tenor that's been in the media and on Capitol Hill. And you did hear a lot of common sense, I feel like, from both sides and a lot of compassion that was missing from the broader discussion. That said, politically, I do think that the confirmation hearings will have an impact. Democrats didn't seem as passionate about Dr. Ford's accusations not changing the confirmation process, but Republican voters, they were very angry by what they perceived as the horrible treatment of Judge Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh. I think part of that is that Democrats have been completely furious for two years and they can't really get any more furious. The Republicans, things were going like going quite well for them. They're winning. They needed an issue to really bring them to the polls next month. And I think they've found it. It's unified Republican voters. It's unified Republicans, whether whatever they thought of Trump. It's reminded them of the war they they consider that they're in. And they say, whether they actually turn out and and make good on this, they certainly say they're more determined now to turn out and vote next month than they were before. Well, and it was that female voter in New Jersey who said that she actually wasn't going to turn out for midterms, but it had awakened something in her. And so I'd heard so many Republican strategists, friends working on races across the country say, something's really going on here. This is actually moving our voters. But then you start to hear it. And now I do really think it actually is a factor. Another thing we noticed, I think, that We've often gone after particularly reluctant Trump voters, people who held their nose and voted for him two years ago or had reservations about him or weren't really sure or voted for him as the lesser of two evils. What I think we're hearing, and we'll see whether this is borne out over the next couple of weeks, is that they're not as reluctant as they used to be. They've been convinced on of his merits rather than further put off by his flaws. And this was a seismic shift in terms of what we heard from... The same category of voters, the 
quote, hold your nose Trump voters in the run up to the 2016 election. And they just weren't sure at all about Donald Trump. And they had so many reservations, particularly about his foreign policy and how he could handle himself. But coming back to this month in pre midterm and it's been two years and they're pretty excited and they're happy with the tax cuts. They're happy with their Supreme Court justices. Overall, they think that he has strengthened America's standing in the world by not being weak like President Obama, which is their view, not my view. I was surprised by how reluctant Trump supporters have really solidified in their support for Donald Trump. They haven't moved away they are now full-blown Trump supporters for the most part. I think some of the reservations people had were whether he would be able to deal with international leaders in a professional, compelling, (laughs) useful... And although that's highly debatable, Kevin, he's satisfied their expectations because expectations were so low. And he's benefiting from that. They had very low expectations, and he's exceeded those expectations by presiding over an economy that is strong, by appointing Supreme Court justices they like, by doing something on trade. They might not really be sure exactly how he's changed the trade deals, but they like the forward motion, even if they don't understand the policy implications. And I think the other thing that's clear is that people have a very clear separation in their mind between the things he does and the way he does them. And they're prepared to put up with the latter as long as the former keeps coming. And I think that's been an important theme all the way along. So it might have been the week where Donald Trump chose to call Stormy Daniels a mean name and a female Trump supporter might not have appreciated it. But at the same time, she said, as long as the economy stays strong, I can overlook it. I can just keep going forward in my support of Donald Trump. And that's it for this edition of the Ashcroft in America podcast. Tweet us with your comments, questions, and thoughts using the hashtag Ashcroft in America. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. If you haven't heard it already, you should also check out our episode earlier in the week, Lord Ashcroft's interviews with former New Jersey Governor Christine Todd Whitman and Boston Globe reporter James Pendell.